This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. They were teasing this movie in a way that made it seem like a heist. Providing insight. His dance is just excellent. So graceful. Commentary. They shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pickup. And conjecture. He has found himself in a world turned upside down. And now, Gutterball. But I, the internal neck scrotum, I do know what that looks like because sometimes mine becomes elongated. Okay. Have I told you about this? No, no. Well, sometimes, and I don't know if it's uh, like excess drinking maybe causes this, but it doesn't happen all the time. It's like maybe once a year, once every two years, my uvula will become extremely elongated so much so that it's like flap like teabagging like the inside of my throat and like my tongue and stuff like just mm. flopping around the inside of my mouth like slapping off of everything and so i will like take a flashlight and like look in at it and it's like yep there it is like six times as long as it's supposed to be it's flopping around on my the insides of my like tongue meats and, it, and mouth meats and it just shortens up on its own yeah, it takes a day or two, and then it, like, shrinks back up there and slinks away. Okay. That right. has never happened to you? I sense that you want to move on. <laughs> well, no, what I want to do, actually, is I do not want to move on. I want to stay here. Okay. But um, I'm going to switch to the other internet, because I screwed how, it up again. You know? How I, don't, I didn't put up a post-it like you recommended last time. A digital post-it. Along with the well, go ahead, switch up the internet. Here, let me switch it up. We'll like lose the connection for a second, and I'll be back. I think here it goes. It's all gonna be fine. I I have full faith that you're gonna switch to the hello good internet, and it's all gonna be good. Yeah, there we are. Yep. See, look yep, at that wasn't all... even you weren't even really gone that long. Maybe two seconds. Yeah, hardly ever gone. So there we go. Good, good. All right. Back. So okay, so your throat. Your uvula, ex- My uvula becomes like elongated uvula. Yeah, this happened the first time in 2003. I remember it because I was at work at that horrible place I worked. And like, I was like, <coughs> you know, I kept like, <coughs> what is that? It's like, <coughs> like I'm some, almost swallowing something like something's in there in my throat. Right. I mean, I definitely have times where like there's chronically something in my throat and something choking me. Like there's something in my throat stuck in there. So maybe that happens to me. I've just never really tried to like look in with a flashlight. Well, it was just getting me. I was like, something's in there because it was that just never happened before. I'm like, I know there's. Is it? I have a hairball back there. I got a flashlight and I looked in. I'm like, holy shit! I have like. 80-year-old man testicles dangling around in there. Like, I'm imagining when you're coughing, trying to, like, clear your throat, your uvula can kind of, like, be pushed forward, and you can kind of see the tip of it come out of your mouth a little bit as you're co- <laughs> of your mouth open as you're coughing. Not, That's what I'm imagining right now. Not quite that bad. It's not like that thing from the abyss. Not quite that bad. <laughs> um, yeah, no, just just enough to, like dangle around and like tickle my tongue and my throats just like rubbing on it like almost almost like just barely resting on it like if i'm in a resting state 
it is an arresting state. It's just mm-hmm. kind of touching, like where my throat starts to make its curve, like my tongue starts to make the curve into the throat area. So like, yeah, once a year, maybe. Oh, there's my uvula dangling around, and I'm not sick or anything. Mm-hmm. That's like tonsils, right? Well, the tonsils are like next to it. Oh, now I gotta look it up. My uvula, like you can see the tonsils to the right and left of it. And I do have like a giant... Oh, gotcha. I have like giant tonsils. Do you? See, I don't notice my tonsils. I only notice my giant ass uvula dangling around. Yeah, I have giant, giant tonsils. Whenever a doctor like looks in there, he's always like, whoa, wow. What? Oh, those are the tonsils. Those are some tonsils. Tonsil. A tonsil. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Tonsil. Oh. Come on now. Your tonsil's going to freeze before you reach the first marker, Brad. (laughs) I give up. We're done. Come on. A tonsil. A tonsil truck. They were the most durable. They were the shit, those tonsil trucks. Tonsils. Tonsils. But they, yeah. But my uvula kind of like goes to one side a bit. Like if I. It dangles to the left. It doesn't really dangle to the left. It kind of goes mostly straight down. But when I'm looking in there and, I, you know, because my mouth is open, I'll kind of like gag a little bit. And when I do that, it like swings <coughs> all the way to one side and practically. <coughs> I'm sorry. I'm listening. All this this uvula talk. (laughs) No. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I almost... I looked up tonsils. It wasn't your story. I looked. I closed it. It's gone now. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of long uvulas right now, actually. Wait, wait, what did you Google for that? I Googled elongated uvula. Oh, my God. I just Googled tonsils and it was terrible. Ugh. Like, you know, related images, searches is long. Ugh. I, uh, yeah, I, I daren't do it. I looked up tonsils and it's like, they're all inflamed. And it looks like, I don't know if you've ever been like wreck fishing in the ocean, deep sea fishing. Can't say that I have. Been. Can't say that you have. Okay. So you're out there, you know, it's 90 feet of water, 100 feet of water, and you're pulling up. These fish, you know, some snapper, some trigger, uh, maybe some grouper if you're lucky, sea bass. But they're so far down and you pull them up so quick that they have like these little bladders and shit inside them to help them regulate their depth in the ocean. And you bring them up so quick that they expand. So like, like their stomach will come out of their mouth sometimes. Their eyes will like bug out like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall. And if they're really bad, you have to pierce their abdomen with a uh, like a decompression tool, which is like a hollow knife. You pss, and then you put them back down in because otherwise their stomach just from the depressurization is just so big and their like little bladders just expanded. They literally can't swim back down to where they're supposed to be, which is on the bottom. So like they just either flap around on the surface or they, you know, slowly, slowly get down and get torn apart by the sharks and the barracuda. 
So that's what some of these tonsils look like. Tonsils. Like they've been inflated or like they've been punctured with a... Like they've been inflated, like almost so big that they're coming out of the mouth. Like you were saying, when I would cough, my uvula would come out of my mouth. But some of the tonsils look like that. Like they're swelled up so bad. Ugh. Just open mouths. I don't want to look at open mouths, really. I mean, yeah, no, probably not. Especially other people's open mouths. What about touching? Do you have a problem touching under your tongue? What is that called, under there? Like you could grab that piece of skin that connects your tongue to the bottom of your mouth and like pull on it, and that would not bother you? Pull on it? I don't know, try to grab it and pull on it. Yeah, it's not really a problem. Uh, just I'm did it. Not, I'm not doing that. Were your hands clean? Maybe not. You've been touching but... all sorts. Oh, yeah. That's a bad area. You're going to be it's sick all the same. in two days. Could be. You just Could put be. it down we'll there. See. Oh. We'll see. We will see. I'm setting a timer for that one. It's kind of ridiculous. But yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> Where did that come from? Where, oh, where did we get started on there? No idea. Well, we, yeah, I don't know. We got there somehow. <laughs> well, it's right off the bat we were talking about. Right, because we were talking about our internal throat scrotums. Internal throat scrotums. Yeah. Yeah. That we that we needed to, to properly relax and prepare in order to uh, provide this audio content. Oh, this but... vocal performance of ours. Part of the reason I remember why... Or when that happened for the first time is I had that terrible, terrible job down in Florida in the greater Tampa area. And um, me and my friend who worked there, who was the production manager, started to... (sighs) Maybe we were becoming a little disenfranchised because maybe it was a terrible place to work. But we would put up these cartoons every morning. You know, uh, lampooning the environment, but in like a roundabout sort of way where maybe Mm -hmm. you would get it, maybe you wouldn't get it. And sometimes they would just, you know, to throw people off, we would just do random ones that didn't have anything to do with it. So that way we could throw in like the direct criticism of the corporation and just, you know, pass it off as, no, what are you talking about? It's just silly. So one of the ones I did, it was the morning I had my elongated uvula that I was like choking on all day and coughing it out my mouth. And (laughs) I made one of the cartoons and it was a caricature of one of the women who worked there, Elaine. And the comic was called Elaine Says. So every morning we do an Elaine Says. And that morning I did an Elaine Says, but in the speech bubble was... What's happening? <laughs> What's happening? No. Why is my uvula elongated? Okay. So, we did not get in trouble for that, believe it or not. But I remember doing it because it was so, it was just putting me off so bad. I just made any lane says out of it. And I figured that would right. be the one that would finally get us in trouble. And it didn't. Yeah. Dodged a bullet there. You did. You did. That could easily be misinterpreted, perhaps. <laughs> yes. In multiple ways. In multiple ways. Yep. 
got away with it. Everybody thought it was funny because then I was like, no, look. And I'd open my mouth and show them my elongated uvula and they'd be like, what is wrong with you? So we kind of got around it there. <laughs> I used to play some games. I used to play, uh, I tell you about Cologne Guy, Brad? Cologne Guy, no. So I used to play Cologne Guy. Um, no, it's just, it was a family run operation. Everybody's so like, stuck up and just like nah, uh, uh, like little troll people it's terrible it's like we gotta lighten this place up somehow you know and so you know I'd wear my biz cash and I had some Calvin Klein eternity or something and so I would put on like like I'm gonna wear some cologne we gotta get people talking I'm, so I started wearing cologne three sprays bam like big ones bam 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 wear some cologne you know, get walk in people's offices, stink it up like cologne. <laughs> this seemed like a good idea, you know, just to loosen shit up for a little bit. So I'm walking around the office. Hey, hey, talking to the owner's sister, the owner's mother, the owner, you know, production manager, cruising <laughs> around and just wafting it everywhere. And it's like nothing. Okay, nothing. Like nobody's. I I. You would think you'd be able to tell if somebody's like, oh, my God, it smells terrible. So I'm like, you know what? I'm up in the ante. I'm doing seven sprays. Wow. <laughs> From three to seven. <laughs> Pretty much doubled. Doubled and then a bit. Doubled and then a bit. Yes. I mean, yeah, you're right. Doubled and then a bit. Wandering around, talking to people, like, right at their desks, like, getting right up on them, you know? But and like I'm friends with one or two of these people, you know. We hang out, we talk. I'm like somebody's gonna say something eventually. Like, dude, you gotta calm it down here. <laughs> no, nothing. And I think I did that for a couple of days. It's like you know what? This seven sprays isn't working. Going up to fifteen. <laughs> oh my. Like, up and down, up and down my legs, up and down my arms, and my hair. <laughs> like, the whole thing. I looked like uh, Pigpen, you know, with the little wavy lines coming yeah. up off me. And I'm like, I know, <laughs> there is no way. The commute's 25, 30, well, 30 minutes. I know it's not all going away in 30 minutes. And I'm like, getting my coffee and like, right up on people, talking to them. Nothing. I probably did that for a week. Like, somebody's got to say something. Nothing. I'm doing 50. <laughs> 50 sprays, Brad. 50. Once you get to a certain point, it's like beyond the human capacity to really, like, understand. Well, I just wanted to be sure that it wasn't, like, evaporating totally right. by the time I got to work. So I, my clothes were, like, slightly, in places, like, slightly damp. From it, <laughs> yes, and like we we would go on shoots. Nobody said anything, but it, so we would drive places. You know, we're in a car, <laughs> nothing. I'm like fuck I mean, it. No one was saying anything. They didn't know how to broach the topic. I'm sure they were saying things to each other. So I finally just said fuck it, a hundred sprays, and I counted them out. Leslie will attest to this. 100, and I was having to find places to put the sprays because I didn't want to concentrate it in any one area too much. So I'm basically shimmering 
and damp from head to toe from Cologne. <laughs> and I go in there and still like nobody says anything. And so I, then you decided to just well, I burned the take place a dump down in your pants and walk around with that. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. No, I gave up because nobody said anything. But then a couple weeks later, I asked my friend and we hung out all the time. We had lunch every day. And I asked her, like, dude, didn't you ever notice, like, how horrible I smelled from all the cologne? She's like, what are you talking about? I asked my other friend, Tim, didn't you ever notice? No. What? What? Nobody noticed. How is that possible? That's when you discovered there was no cologne. <sighs> it was you cologne. Home. Honey, they didn't notice the cologne. What cologne? It's like a beautiful mind. I put mind. 100 sprays on it. It's like a beautiful mind and Ed Harris. I don't know what you're talking about. He's not really there. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Cologne wasn't really there. Flashback to Adam. Just, you know, making the little finger gesture. Moving my finger up and down. in his hand. Making the sound with my mouth. I love to make sound effects. <laughs> I suppose it's possible. We'll have to get uh, Leslie to vouch for me. But yeah, nobody ever noticed. And like, they would say something. That's disappointing. It's so disappointing. You went through all that work. All that work. And I, no one noticed. I also used to play yeah. A Curious Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I would bring in a small item <laughs> every day and drop it in the toilet because it was a shared bathroom. It was a small office. It wasn't like public where there's stalls or anything. It was just like there's a toilet. You close the door. That was the bathroom. So I put like a, a baby carrot in there one time um actually that's all i remember putting in is the baby carrot i don't oh and i had caramels i put a little caramel in there <laughs> mostly food just because what are you doing eating in the bathroom <laughs> oh that one only lasted for like a week because who was gonna say anything about that why was there a carrot in the toilet nobody's gonna say that if they're not going to mention the cologne, they're not going to talk about the toilet. I don't know. Those were the days. They were, they were just too afraid to talk. I they're guess. All stuck in uh, some sort of mind jail. Corporate mind jail. Yeah. I like that. Writing it down. You never pulled some pranks? Never did anything like that? Um, I know not that ne- I have. Not necessarily at work. Well, I know that I I have at work, even, but I'm having a hard time remembering what they are. They, they were never as, I would say, as, um, like, ongoing the way yours was. They were usually, like, isolated incidents. Like, right. I would see something, like, there would be a sign in the bathroom, and I would make, like, a parody of I can't even remember the details. This was all in my younger days. The signs are the best. Yeah, you can like, you know, make it even more passive aggressive or, <laughs> right, you know, take the sign down that someone put up passive aggressively, but then like, just make it so it's, you know, somewhat grammatically incorrect and nonsensical, <laughs> and then put it back. 
you know, really, really subtle shit like that. Yeah, no, that's the best. Kind of like your cologne, apparently. A hundred spirits too subtle, right? That's the mark of a true artist, though. You know what? I wasn't... So subtle, it's not even noticed. I wasn't willing to go all the way. You know? I failed. Well, what you need to do is bring that cologne with you to work. Spray it up in that bathroom. Or start spraying it on other people without them noticing. So that even that when they get home, might go one step too far. Well, where's the line, though, Brad? Where is the line? I don't know where the line is, but I think that's on the other side of it. Probably. Maybe that's the sign you're supposed to be on. True. I'm stuck in um, corporate mind jail. Oh, me Can too. I, I don't do any of that shit anymore. Younger days, Brad. Younger yes. days. You want to play so, some some of the shit, or you got more to? Well, I was just gonna say, you know, we revisited uh, your early days of employment. Yeah, it's true. Maybe we can revisit a little bit of this podcast. Okay, we've right, worked our way up right now. Right now, we'll do it. Let's do, do some it. revisits. I see you have some here. Well, we, we have some, I guess. Yeah, we have definitely the one I think we were kind of remiss in not mentioning last week. Yes, which, well, we might be remiss in both if they both were available last week. True. Yes, we were remiss in both, actually. So, Thank I mean, you. Well, well, so there is a huge, well, I guess we'll start with the whole uh, Squarespace issue. Is it an issue? Well, it's a Squarespace uh, happening. It's a Squarespace happening. Involving the dude. We just witnessed a happening. Jeff Bridges himself and his dream tapes. Sleeping, no, Dreaming with Jeff. Dreaming with Jeff, which I've listened to and I'm kind of fond of. I'm, I listened to the first song, such as it is. Even though, like, if this was not jeff bridges it's one of these things where i don't know i don't know maybe i'm just too too jaded i don't think so i know what you're saying yeah like really it's it's the jeff bridges star power and we can't like malign it too much because no. it is for for charity well it's and a combination of a lot of things it's it's an album from jeff bridges that you're supposed to play to help you fall asleep yeah, it's an album he's from Jeff for Bridges. He's and that Squarespace is turned into an advertisement. Right. And so it's both an advertisement for Squarespace. As the dude would say, you know, there's a lot of facets. And it's also like new agey self-help shit going on. So new agey self-help shit, which is the falling asleep part, I guess. An album by Jeff Bridges. Um, a charity fundraiser. And an advertisement for Squarespace. A lot of interested parties. And yes, it's I mean, there are a lot of facets to this. Pretty cool website. I have to say it. I I mean, I feel like I've seen this before and it's a little bit of skeuomorphism going on, but I, it works. It works for me. I don't mind well, it. I do kind of imagine because, again, the dude has his tapes yes. that he's always listening to, yeah. right? And this reminds me kind of of that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of of that ilk. It's like, hey, I made a tape. Right. And you can actually buy it as a cassette. They sell it as a cassette. They sell it in multiple formats, including cassette, which is actually kind of cool. If I still had 
any way to play a cassette, I might want to buy it. You don't have any way to play a cassette? Well, I don't want to say any way. I probably... I... I think there's a stereo in one of my rooms that's old school and it still has some cassette, has a cassette. I have a f- an old four track, a Tascam 464. I think I could play it in that. And we just got rid of a car that still had a cassette player in it. Mm. But that was a couple months back now. It's like time to go back. Let's start installing cassette players in our cars. That's what you do. You know, you always throw back. You wait about two decades and then you throw back. Well, maybe three decades in this case. Just having a cassette. Right now, as I'm thinking about it, there's something about a cassette that just feels good to me. It it feels nice. It's um, It's almost like stroking your hand along velvet in the right way or suede suede in the right way not the other way not against the grain the right way it's almost buttery i like Mm -hmm. it it's and there's something like so secure about it it makes you feel secure because unlike a cd which could get you know you just give a scratch on it and I tried plenty of scratch repair, blah, blah, blah. Never worked if you had a serious scratch on there. A tape could get chewed up, literally mangled, broken in half. And you could go in there, cut, cut, get it together, little piece of tape, and splice it back together, which Mm -hmm. I have done. And there's something very comforting about that, knowing even if the worst thing happens, I can fix this myself. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that. What, what, your MP3 is corrupt? You're fucked. Like, I almost just want to own this cassette. Just to own it. I will never play it. Just, just to, to buy it. a new cassette. Just as a work of art and as an artifact. Like, here's a cassette with some cool artwork on it that I'll just own. I'll put it in a box somewhere and never look at it again for 10 years. I thought you were saying the work of art was you buying the cassette. I'm like, that's the laziest work of art <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. That is part, you know, that's, oh, oh my, Adam, that is such a great idea. Here's all of these slightly archaic forms of media that I bought. It alone is a work of art. Get the eight track, you know, buy yourself a vinyl, maybe a laser disc. I really like the whole um, VCD. If you get, like, the deluxe, like, gold, uh, you know, record, the $200 limited edition version, the whole, like, album artwork. Do you see that, how it slides out with the eyes? Oh, shit. Wow. The eyes come out, and then... Yeah, that's pretty nice. That's that's a nice little piece of artwork there. It is. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty... (laughs) But yeah, it's the dude. And, and, you know, I've seen this commercial tons because it's in heavy rotation on Hulu now. Did you you just say Hulu? Yeah, Hulu. Roy Hulu. I watch my internet video. (laughs) So it's in heavy rotation on Hulu. Yeah, so I've seen it so many times, but it's just kind of like a... uh, I don't know. there's, There's... There's something... About the dude's manner. 
I just can't let it go. I don't think Hulu is the preferred nomenclature, Brad. I can't. We got to finish this out. Was it? Were you just how, doing how that? How do you say it? Hulu? <laughs> Hulu. 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 I'm watching Hulu. Hulu. Oh, hello. Excuse me. Hello. Whatever. Hello. It's like a really stuffy British person saying hello. 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 Hulu. Hooli. Hulu. Not only that, but you can go and bid on the um, box set, the gold vinyl box set, and that takes you to eBay. And eBay has a special landing page for this. So they've like hit up partnerships with like everybody. This is so elaborate, whatever this is. For what really kind of just sounds like some like found audio recording of like wind chimes and like Jeff Bridges talking in a in possibly deep voice to kids and stuff. Well, if you look at, but I mean like. There's a little video they have building a Squarespace with Jeff Bridges, right? I don't yeah, know if you see the video. Watched that video. Neither have I. I just put it on, but like, I mean, they shot this thing. It's well shot. It's out at night. They've got like a jib. He's got this big boom. He's got a flashlight on his head. Well, they He's went recording. all out. I mean, this played at the Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. This is really elaborate. Yeah, this is a freaking Super Bowl ad, man. Why? Squarespace. What are they doing? Like Apparently this, making a website is a lot more. I mean, I knew it was lucrative, but I didn't realize it was that lucrative. How much money has Jeff Bridges' sleeping tapes made? I don't know, but all the proceeds are going to uh, No Kid Hungry. But you can pay whatever you want for the digital download. Yes. The one time I think I did that once for an album. I believe it was. Radiohead, right in rainbows. I think I paid five. I thought I was paying five dollars. I think I paid five pounds. So mm. whatever that is, like twenty five dollars, thirty dollars. That much, really? No, it just seems like that. It was probably like seven bucks. I thought it was like yeah, like or like two point one, a little more than two. I mean it also depends. The whole trend the whole uh, exchange rate has completely gone out of whack. It's totally out of whack. Like I usually last... route some through the Caymans to pick up a little bit on the interest, but you know, before I make any purchases in the UK. But that's just me. But yeah, five five bucks. But for a cassette, I'd almost be willing to pay more, maybe. Just because it's cool. Yeah, well, the cassette is selling for 20 bucks. There you go. Which, considering it's for charity, it's like, well, sure, that's totally reasonable. Right, and the 180-gram vinyl is 50 bucks. Okay, sure. Digital tracks, pay what you like. I mean, I'd want to go find an old 1980s Walkman to listen to this cassette with as I fall asleep. And just be like the dude all the way. You, so it's very duty, the whole thing. Well. It has this kind of zen-like. See, I would disagree with you once again. It's very Jeff Bridges-y. It's not necessarily very right. duty. He well, wouldn't be into this. The that Jeff Bridges have a kind of, there's a, there's a, there's a it's not a strong border. I, I think it is. I think Jeff Bridges is very dude-like. 
And the dude is very undude most of the time. We've talked about this. No. Dude's always flying off the handle. Jeff Bridges seems like he takes it easy. He never goes, you know, flying off all half cocked. A dude's always fully cocked. Like it doesn't take much to set him over the edge. He's like one point five cocked. Yeah, just regularly. Well, he's under a lot of stress. They want to cut off his Johnson. Yeah, what does he need that for? But yeah, sleeping tapes. We'll put a link to that. Yeah, sleeping tapes. Jeff Bridges is out there doing his thing. It's at least worthwhile to experience it. For sure. If you haven't already been inundated with all the commercials. Right. right. But it's worth noting it's out there, back in the popular imagination. Jeff Bridges listening to tapes while he's relaxing and eventually sleeping. We knew about this before the Super Bowl. We got what was possibly a somewhat insider tip. Maybe not. Maybe we were just unaware. It was, well, I looked at it in a, and uh, Jeff Bridges had tweeted it out shortly before we got the tip. All right. So around the same time. Because I was wondering, like, is this, I think I said, is this like an embargoed right. link? Right. Like, what is this? But, uh, and I, I kind of looked out a little bit and saw, I think I Googled it or something. Like, the only thing out there at the time was, like, Jeff Bridges' tweet from, like, 32 minutes previously. Okay. So we were right there on the forefront of it. Right there, released. man. Right there. Right there. I guess, second shout out. Um, thank you to, do I say his whole name? Well, it's his like user ID on. Yeah. So that's fine. Right. iTunes. It's out there for the world to see. So. It's already out there. Shout out to Deacon Don. He gave us a review on iTunes. Appreciate that very much. Yes. And not only did he give us a review. Took us to school a little bit. He, he helped us out here with these nails that we've been talking about. The dude was using to nail that board into the floor. Which were kind of bizarre, because they kind of had a... like Almost like two heads. Two heads. Right. A little collar. Yes, collars is apparently the preferred nomenclature. <laughs> nomenclature. As Deacon Don has let us know. New stuff has come to light, as he says. The collared nails are concrete nails meant to be easily removed. Right, so I looked these up. What I found is they're called duplex nails. So anytime you're building something temporarily, so you only need the nail for a little while and you want to be able to rip it out and reuse it easily, it's like, well, what? that doesn't sound very practical. But um, building forms for, like, foundation, you just got to tack some wood together, leave it in a, and then let the concrete dry. So I think that's where the concrete comes in, concrete nails. But they're actually going, they are meant to go through wood but just only up to the first collar. So they have like half an inch sticking right. out. And also for like, if there's a hurricane coming, you always know, see people boarding up their windows. So you can like put your two by four frame up, pop, 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 leave a little bit sticking out. So in a day or two, when the storm passes, you can easily yank those things out. So beautiful. Thank you, Deacon Don. Yes. Thank you. But the it's dude, always good to hear from a listener. <laughs> The listener or a listener. But yes. that, that might well, be I'm starting to suspect yeah. there may be more than one. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to go with that. There may route. be more than one. Can't keep up the facade anymore. Yes. 
But, you know, if you're listening and you have something to add or just want to say hi, you could always uh, go to iTunes, give us a rating. You, you entered your, like, commercial voice there. I did. Every once in a while, I, I kind of uh, drift into that. You know, just like Jeff Bridges and the Dude, it's kind of a non-porous, or I should say a very porous membrane there between those two halves of me. It's semi-permeable. Semi-permeable. Yes. Well, Check it, us out on iTunes. Leave a review. That would Better be the Balls. best. TV. There's a link there to our show on iTunes. There's a link to a contact form to send us a, a note. If you'd rather just send it directly to us, you could do that too. Find links to our Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook. Follow us in your favorite social media platform. <laughs> Keep up to date with what was going on in the world of gutter balls. There it is. I pimped the shit. You pimped the shit. That was, you know... That was a good start. I I think you've got potential. That I too bad. That iTunes business does mean a lot, though. I guess yes. so. Roman Mars tells me. Yes, we're slowly accumulating the reviews. If you look at um, ratings and reviews, they're almost the same number, so that's good. And really, if you look at, yeah, I don't know. It's normally there's what a f- five to one. Ratio of, you know, you have a thousand ratings, maybe you'll only have 200 reviews. Mm-hmm. Our ratio is way higher than that. That's what I stick to. What we, what we lack in audience, we make up for an engagement. Right. It's quality over quantity. Yeah. Brad. And our reviews are generally, or I should say our ratings are generally overwhelmingly positive. Right. Strangely enough. Strangely enough. <laughs> 40 minutes in talking no about... No one is as surprised. Uvulous. <laughs> no one is as su- more surprised than us. Brad, if I woke up tomorrow morning with my face stapled to the carpet, I wouldn't be as surprised as I am right now. Are we done with the... Re- Did we give... We gave Deacon Don enough of a shout-out there, right? I'll give him a little extra shout-out. Deacon Don, thank you. Thank you, Deacon Don. Shout-out to you. Oh, and the subject was good podcasters and thorough. Yes. So extra points for yeah, extra points. Two, two uh, Lebowski's. Two, two instances of Lebowski's. Yes. Yep. And Thera, and new stuff has come to light. Yep. Good on you. So should we? Here we are, about forty minutes in. Time to maybe play the minute and talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I guess we'll breeze through a little bit. All right, let's All right. do it. Beep boop. To get to the point. Well, here it is, dude. Where's Bunny? Well, I thought you might know that, man. Why would I? She only ran off to get away from that rather sizable debt to me. Well, no, she didn't run off. She'd been, um... I've heard that kidnapping story, so save it. I know you're mixed up in all this, dude. And I don't care what you're trying to get from the husband. That's your business. All I'm saying is, I want mine. Yeah, all right, man. I mean, you know, there are a lot of, um facets uh, to this, a lot of interested parties. Um, Excuse me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where's that? Excuse me. Right, so that so uh, okay, that was the minute, and I'm going to say something. Say something, please. So, and and you will disagree with this is my prediction. 
but not a lot happens in this minute. Um, this is one of the. I, I feel this is the one of perhaps the most barren minute we've dealt with. I will disagree. There's like a little with bit you. of dialogue. A I dude kind of like goes up to the not the dude, but a dude, Jackie Treehorn, goes and answers a phone. Not a whole lot. I mean, the story isn't advanced really in any measurable way. At first glance, I can agree with you, but upon deeper inspection, I think you'll come around. There's more going on here than it seems. I had a feeling you would say that. Okay. So I'm looking forward to hear, educate me, make me excited about this minute. Because I will say, out of all the minutes, and this is the 78th one we've looked at so far, Uh I've never come away with one being like, huh. Nothing? What the hell are we going to even talk about with this one? Huh. This is the first time I've really felt that. But maybe, you know, maybe the problem's with me today. I don't know. How many times did you watch this minute? Be honest. Three or four. Three or four. Because after the fourth, I was like, there's nothing happening here. I mean, I'm sure we could, yeah, you can, I guess with anything, right? You could try to delve more and more into it. It's like Mickey Mouse voice guy. You got to go away to come back. So you got to work through the mundane to really get to the meat. There is some meat here. Now, I'm with you a little bit. Like, it's not the densest minute we've ever had, but by no means is it. <laughs> holy. <Excuse me>. By no, <laughs> I almost shat myself. By no means is it devoid of, of interest or detail, though. So what? So, so, so give me something. Throw something at me here. Well, I'll start. Uh, I guess I was trying to decide if this happened right at 77 colon zero zero, like right at the first moment of this minute. <clears throat> I'm not sure if it does. It might not, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Um, right after the dude says, I still jerk off manually. Jackie Treehorn gets up. Well, he says, he laughs maniacally, says, of course you do, and slaps the dude on the inside of his thigh, like on his knee. Right. Yeah. Like, you can't really see, but he kind of slaps it. And they cut to the dude for maybe one second. It's a, an incredibly short shot. And I'm I'm not sure if this overlaps into the minute, so my apologies if it doesn't. But he, like, he stops chewing his ice from his white Russian, and he kind of, like, looks down irritatedly at his leg where Jackie just slapped him on there. Right. Is this... Now, the dude referred to Knox Harrington as, what, friend with a cleft asshole? Yes. And that was supposed to be a derogatory term for a gay man? Yes. Is this another incident where the dude is being homophobic? Ah, maybe. Is it a stretch? Uh, It may be a slightly that. I think it's just more a... I mean, yeah, he definitely didn't like that touch. And again, it's something you don't notice. Yeah, he didn't like that touch. You do not notice. Yeah, that was not a good touch to the dude. Good touch, bad touch. This was not a good touch. This was a bad touch. Good, Good touch, bad touch, neutral touch. And it wasn't even a neutral touch. It was a bad touch. And I'm thinking he's in this house. He's in this pornographer's house. He's seen some of Treehorn's work. He was out on the beach witnessing all the debauchery. So he's already like, his libido is like jacked up. 
right now, whether he likes it or not. Like, he's on high alert, probably. And I can confirm this because <sighs> once he gets over the awkward touch and Jackie starts talking business, the dude's posture, and this is right before the phone rings, we're talking 7734, he leans back, he spreads his legs wide open, open for business. It's such like a, I don't know, it's like when a dog is being submissive, they roll over on their tummy, you know, he's exposing his private, like sensitive parts. And Jackie's standing like six feet away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah, don't know. The dude has gone into super laid back mode. Do you so do you think the his first drink was drugged? His first drink was drugged, yes. And that's part of this behavior here? He's that starting is, to loosen up with it. That is part of his behavior. The dude has such a incredibly strong tolerance to drugs that it's just not really doing it. Jackie maybe thought this would put put him out. Well, no, I don't think so because I mean it's just starting to kick in. The dude goes into super laid back mode literally cuz he leans back into the couch, super laid back. But then the phone rings interrupting their conversation. Why? Because he had someone, probably either the blonde treehorn thug or Wu, call the phone to interrupt this so he could leave the room and leave the dude alone to let the drugs take hold. And then he could come back and finish the conversation. Because he didn't want to have to be there talking to him the whole time. He's not into this guy. Could be. Could be? What do you mean? There is no could be about that. He had somebody call to interrupt. He writes a, he draws a <laughs> cartoon of a man. <laughs> Sorry, my uvula is elongated. Uvula. He draws a cartoon, a caricature of a man with a giant penis when he's pretending to take notes. No, I mean, so another interpretation. Didn't need to take notes. He's just of, doodling. Yes. Doodling. That's like what he does. He's like, oh, I'm talking, but there's a pad of paper here. I'm just going to doodle this thing out. But then he rips it off and takes it with him? Well, he doesn't want to leave it for someone to find. <laughs> so if you rifled through his pockets, they'd be riddled with, like, well, obscene he, cartoons? Um, <clears throat> doesn't he leave and take it and just kind of, like, he just... Uh, maybe not. I was going to say, doesn't he kind of just... Uh, crumple it up in his hand like it's garbage but I guess not I guess it's, he does kind of fold it I think he crumples it up yeah so if it's a note he wouldn't be crumpling it up if he's supposed to be pretending it's a note no no he does fold it disregard he folds it so yeah, I always found he crumbled it up but you're right he, he does fold it after I looked at it here now we're getting ahead of ourselves but so the dude goes over we don't get to this in this minute I don't want to say too much about it, but we're here, so I'm just going to do it. The dude goes over and, like, actually gets actively involved for once and, like, scribbles, does that, you know, elementary school trick of, like, scribbling with the pencil to try mm -hmm. to reveal what Jackie has written on the paper. And it reveals the cartoon Boner Man. And he's like, what the? And then the dude rips that off because he doesn't want Jackie to see that he was trying to see what he wrote. 
But the dude crumples it up and puts it in his pocket. And this will be a factor later on, a couple of minutes from now, when we oh, experience yes. the uh, chief of police of Malibu, who's a real reactionary. So I just wanted to cue that up so we don't forget to mention that. I don't right. think that we will. I don't think that we will. So here's another thing. And I'm parked on like, I don't know, any wide shot of the dude where you can see the couches. Did I mention that this looks like, it resem- doesn't look like, but it has characteristics of bowling alley furniture? I mean, I see what you mean. They so do share a kind of similar aesthetic in a way. A like similar the- aesthetic, right? This could be vinyl, you know, and hardbacks right. with maybe some vinyl. And- and something about the trapezoid shapes of it's, the cushions. Do you know what I think it is? It's got a googie flair to it. Yeah, I was going to say, it just has that same... I don't know if it's googie. Maybe not googie, but that 60s modernist that same, something. Like, yeah, end, end of the 60s, early 70s look to it that a lot of bowling alleys still have to this day. Because they can't afford to update them, because... People don't I bowl wonder, as even much. New bowling alleys look like that because that's just the bowling alley look. Do they build new bowling alleys? Well, there you go. That could be the issue right there. I don't think that they do. But also, it's like bench seating separated by tables, you know, which is not standard for a living room necessarily to have tables in like concrete. Right. Not that a bowling well, alley is going to have concrete. In essence, but, a porn mogul that like hosts massive. Parties and orgies beach, on a regular yeah, basis. Beach orgies. Yeah, then you need this kind of stuff so everybody can, like, flop around and have the intercourse all over. Just don't hit your head on these concrete tables. And I'll also... So here's one for you, Brad. You're going to like this one. Laying on. Um, well, I got two for you. These are visual notes. We have a triple move-in. I like this. I, I feel like we've had a couple of threes. We had uh, a listener of ours mention the occurrence of, of things happening in threes. So here's another one. Starting at 7743, mm-hmm. phone rings. Jackie Treehorn says, excuse me, excuse me, walks away. We cut back to the dude, and now we're dollying into the dude. Which means the camera is physically moving closer to the dude. Closer, 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 right up to his face. Mm-hmm. All right. Back to Jackie. He's far away. Back to the dude. The dude physically moves closer to the camera by leaning forward. There's a closer shot. And then the third shot, we zoom in. Instead of moving the camera, we change the focal length. And we zoom into the notepad as Jackie's writing on it. So a triple move in there. And I think... What I'm going to posit for your perusal or or critique, if you will, is that now the drugs are really starting to take hold and the dude is starting to get sort of that like tunnel focus, tunnel vision. Right. You'll notice right. the music swells here. Whoa, whoa. Like both in the context of the song, the strings come in, they kind of crescendo, they get louder. The sound effect of the drink gets louder, so the dude is now, like, starting to tunnel in as the drugs take hold. So all of that is, like, part of this moving in. Okay, we're getting closer. All of a sudden, it's all about you're hearing the details and seeing the details. 
There you go. What about that? Discuss. How does camera relate to story, Brad? Here's an example. There, there you go. Next time well, somebody so asks I, me that, I have an example. Yep. So I have two, two reactions. First, on a technical note, when the camera zooms into Jackie's hand, it kind of does a zoom, and then also there's some sort of camera movement. There's a pan. I'm not savvy enough to say what it is. Yeah, pan. It's a pan and a little bit of a tilt down. Because, well, I'll tell you, you know why they have to do that. The, Jackie in the wide shot is framed. They don't want him to be dead center. So he's right. framed just off to the left. But once you reframe to a close-up, I mean, you're going to have to move the camera. Sure. You know, because you want that negative space on the right, and you want his his right arm coming down and making that angle. And this is going to get back into the second note I have, but we'll do your second note first. But remind me to talk about this shot with his arm angling in like this. Yeah. Well, the second note kind of, well, it definitely goes into the next minute, but we've talked about how the dude is drugged here and how it's changing his perceptions, right? The whole uh -huh. way he runs over to check what's <laughs> on that thing. Yeah. It, well, one, just the fact, not just the manner in which he kind of like moves his body to get there, but also the, just the fact like his daring to do it. Yeah. And the idea occurring him to do is part of that like pre, like he's gotten to that weird little peak yeah where the drugs have yes made him like kind of sharper and braver he's touching the void where he'll be there for like a short period before it it all goes to shit. everything gets worse right now he did have a, a similar set of cojones when he took the rug true and i don't think he was as messed up then as he was now but he does he has established a willingness to to kind of you know be a little courageous at times so i don't know if it's all the drugs talking because is this really more more daring than taking the rug right out from under it's a little more you think because this at the time when he was doing the rug this is before there was any kind of nefariousness happening with uh, kidnapping and his head, Johnson cutting offs and but his head was in the toilet he was getting waterboarded or that's whatever true. he was waterboarded there toilet Maybe. boarded I don't know if you call that waterboarding but yeah he I actually he don't there. know what that is but it sounds terrible but there was a little bit you're, but you're right it wasn't like men in leather with marmots uh, threatening castration yeah okay and no million dollar scenarios going on the stakes and are he's higher. right here in this guy, right, who's saying, like, I just want what's mine. He's at ground zero. He's at the epicenter of right. the villainy. And, you know, maybe, again, he doesn't. And maybe it's partly just the dude's uh, obliviousness, or maybe partly it is the drugs. But he is. I don't think he's sensing the severity of his situation at all. He's just like, yeah, Jackie's just a cool dude. Digs the way he does business. I, I'll just I'll just do, you know, my dude-like bravado with him. Things will be good. He's being played, though. Hmm. So, second visual note I have. We talked, maybe we didn't talk about it, but we mentioned briefly when they first enter this living room. I guess you'd call it a living room. 
of Jackie's, there's the uh, supposed transparency. You know, Jackie's kind of reaching out and being civil, you know, and that's visualized with these panes of glass. You know, you can see, I don't know. As they enter, this is at... Stand by. 7724. And Jackie takes a couple of steps towards the dude, comes to a rest, and he's framed in by a line in the background where the glass doors and windows meet the ceiling, I guess. There's all sorts of wonky angles in this house. And so in the background, you can see one of these kind of like hemming him in, in the frame. And what, what's peculiar about this line? It's not straight. No, it's what? Well, it's slanted. Well, it goes on one, one kind of one pitch and then one that it changes and there's one more severe pitch. Right. I have a different word that I'm using instead of slanted. Crooked. He's framed in by this crooked line. Yes. And he well, walks because, up yeah, right up into it. In it makes it crooked. Yeah, it's got a bend. It's a crooked line. He's a crooked character. It's like, here, here it is. They're telling us, look, he's crooked. He didn't have to come walking up like that, but he did. Just to frame him in there. And then when they cut back to the dude, and may I mention when he's framed in by that crooked line, it's his most maniacal line that he has. All I'm saying is, I want mine. And his eyes kind of like light up like some sort of... I don't know, sweaty tooth madman. And the dude is more like trapezoids. There are angles. But they're not crooked. They're not. Yeah, it's not just one. They all connect to other things. There's some soft. I don't know. There's a pattern there of trapezoids. This is a very specific crooked line that runs through the frame. Right. Doesn't connect to anything else. There it is. And he's pretty much right in the the crux of it, the elbow of it there. The uh, vertex, if you will. Mm -hmm. And even like the concrete to to Jackie's right with that crooked line. It's it's crumbling, right? Smooth, but then it has the cracks and crumbles in it. You know, kind of. I feel that's somehow like Jackie, right? Like even like Jackie's forehead and then that. Uh, concrete there kind of match in some way. It's like the veneer is being tarnished. Like it's all surface with this guy. If you crumble away a little bit of it, you'll realize the, the ugliness inside maybe. So a lot going on in that shot. And there really is how much of that's on purpose. You'd have to think, well, I see what you mean. It, it does kind of resemble his forehead, you know, skin's kind of a little craggly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Salt and pepper hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like it. You peel away the surface layer of, of nicety, what lies beneath. And then right when he comes up, he frames himself in this crooked line, and he's got his crazy eyes. I want mine. That's right when, and they must have cut this music underneath. It's still Mancini, right? Hank? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. But right when he delivers that most maniacal of lines, the music, both in volume and with the strings, swells right there. It does this a couple of times. It does this when, presumably, Jackie puts the drugs 
into the glass mm-hmm. when he's over at the bar. Music swells. Now he comes here. Moment number two. Crazy eyes. Music swells. And now the drugs are starting to kick in for the dude. You can even tell in his eyes initially. He's like, okay, shit's getting a little weird here. And then from an audio note, the third. So here's another three for Brad. Mm -hmm. The music's got a swell when Jackie makes the first drink over at the bar when he administers the drugs. Right here at 7729 with his crazy eyes, Mm -hmm. the drugs start to kick in. And then at 7738, the phone rings. He says, excuse me. And now you can hear, like, there's no more dialogue. You can hear the dude crunching on the ice. You hear all of the sound effects start to take hold. The zoom in, the music swells again. The ice tinkling in the glass. The ripping off of the paper. Now he's totally locked in. Three nicely timed swells that go along with uh, both the dude's, I guess, mental state and some visuals. Visuals or sound effects. The first is a sound effect, and the second two are visuals. It's the tinkling of the ice in the glass to put the drugs in, then Jackie's crazy eyes, then the zoom in on the notepad. And all three times, there's a nice swell, either in volume Mm -hmm. or strings or both. So I guess work all the angles. What I'm saying is I agree. I guess I agree with you because it did take me a bunch of times to start noticing this shit. And I'm just wondering what we missed in the 77 episodes prior to this. Similar to that. Right. Which is kind of depressing. And for a second, another visual reflective services note. I thought I caught a camera guy in the reflection behind the bar, right when Jackie sits down. So this would be at uh, 77.48, sits down. Mm -hmm. You can see the one reflection of him, and it's white. So it's got kind of color. It looks like him, right? Right as he sits down. But then behind that reflection is a dark reflection. It's like it's reflecting from that into another thing and back, I don't know, a couple times. But it's black and it's reversed again. But I'm kind of kind of like a uh, shark in a Gimli costume. <laughs> it's like a shark in a Gimli costume. But I, I did realize that's his left elbow that he picks up the phone with. It's just reversed. But I thought for sure I had a cameraman there. I was kind of disappointed I didn't get it. I know that's like your great uh, it's, pleasure in life. It is. It is. It's what gives me purpose. And when we zoom in on Jackie's writing on the notepad, we see the ring and it's on his index or his ring finger of his right hand. Mm -hmm. So it's not a wedding ring. And I was wondering if there was significance to that. Is it his class ring? There's been a lot of rings, right? His team ring? His uh, porn team ring? Saddam Hussein had his ring there. I thought there was another ring. Maybe not. It's hard to know. But anyway, Saddam Hussein had a ring, which you can see plainly in that shot where he's spraying all the bowling shoes. And now another villain has a ring that we focus in on. Just saying. They're giving us all the clues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
He's playing it nice, but we should know better. He's not a nice man. So how about... (laughs) How about when he tears off the piece of paper? Okay. How about it? Okay, well, he picks up the phone with his left hand, first of all. Right? He's holding the phone to his ear with his left hand. He's writing on the pad with his right hand. So... Right off the bat, I've got a serious problem with that, because that pad is going to be sliding around a little bit. What I would do is put the phone in between my shoulder and my head and hold it there, and then hold the pad with my left hand and write with my right hand, even if it's just a doodle of a boner man. Right. Now I see where you're going at. All right, but he doesn't do that. He's holding the phone against his head with his left hand, and writing on the pad with his right hand, probably because he's not actually doing anything on that pad for this wide shot. He's just moving the pen around. Right. Well, I mean, it actually happened, right? Like, Ben Gazzara actually wrote on that with one hand. How do you know that? Unless I don't, you that's think what they I'm saying. Like fastened it to the table using Hollywood trickery. I, I don't think he's writing on it. I think he's just oh, so moving just the pen like around. He's motioning with the pencil. Yeah, he's pantomiming. It's a pantomimed pen move. Well, I will say it does seem like he's doing the whole, like, kind of holding it in place with the uh, oh. like, side of his hand. You oh, that's the worst if he's, he's doing, doing that. that. And you have a very limited uh, range of motion. With oh, your... I hate that. And you, you get to the edge of the paper and you run out of space because you got, then you got to readjust your. Your uh, hand meat. Yeah. Ugh. But sometimes it's just what you got to do. You know what? He he might be doing that. No, I don't know. I don't know. His his hand, the side of his hand there, the pulpy part, is on the edge of the table, and I feel like the pad is an inch or two away from the edge of the table. So I don't think he is doing that. Hard to tell. I mean, it seems like the front half of his hand is resting on there. You know what? He's using his pinky. If you look at it, the ring finger is the last finger you can see. The pinky is folded under. He's he using his have pinky. some kind of wicked technique. He's got a never technique. Even considered. He's got some pad pinky writing technique. technology that we've never thought of. Holy shit. He's got That's his pinky curled under. A porn empire and we... I have this podcast. <laughs> Don't get me started. I sh- At least I got that stupid movie finished and uploaded it to that site. That makes that's, me feel good. That's true. Do you want to pimp that out? Yeah, sure. I don't know how. Just search Quantum Shorts. Quantum Shorts. We can and put then, a, uh, a link in the show notes. Yeah, or not. N- nobody goes there. If you search Quantum Shorts, it, it's not like short pants it'll be the first real link that comes up i think so you're telling me that shorts are just short pants well some would say that how does that make you feel (laughs) (laughs) let's not get into the short pant debate i'm talking about short films here it's shorts2014.quantumlah.org i see i didn't want to say it just google quantum shorts and it's the first link Quantum shorts, it'll be short films about quantum mechanics and quantum whatever. Stuff about quanta. Qu- quantum. 
Quanta. Quanta. Yeah. Quanta. And anyway, my movie is the first one there because I got it in two minutes before the deadline. 11.57 p.m. That was a good strategy. This worked for you. It will be the first one always. And also on the pages, if you go to other pages, they have a little widget on the side. Like, oh, let's go to the about page. Latest video. Well, it's mine because... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there you go. Because I was a pathetic piece of shit and got it in two minutes before the deadline. You were a pathetic piece of shit like a fox. Like a fox, I was. (laughs) But anyway, go there and vote for it, please. Your video is owning that site now. It's fucking everywhere. Yeah, you just, you click on it, and then there's little star things above it, and you just, you vote for it. Boom. You don't even have to log in or anything. You just hit it. Watch the video and give it however many stars you think it may deserve. Or, don't, yeah, don't watch if you're it. in a hurry, don't bother to watch it, and just click five. <laughs> just, just click five. How about that? Just go there, click five, and then you don't even have to watch. It's much, much easier. Uh, I got... No, no, no. I that's it. I had the the awkward rip was my last thing, I think. Oh, no. Uh pop quiz, Brad, you ready? Uh all right, shoot. Oh, you I see where you're fooling around there. So you might you might have the answer to this, but what do the omen and the goonies have in common? I the omen, the goonies. I'm not sure. They both have children <laughs> in them. You got me there. How did you? Ah, oh, damn it! You can't beat me, Adam. Jesus. They're both directed by Richard Donner. Really? Same director who also directed Lethal Weapon. <laughs> what? I did not know that the Goonies. Was directed by Richard Donner. Nor did I know The Omen was directed by Richard Donner. But I feel like I should have known even more so than The Omen that The Goonies was directed by Richard Donner. Well, Didn't do you know, know what? I, I saw his name. It came, Oh, because they're doing a remake, I guess, or a reboot or whatever. I think a remake of Poltergeist. Okay. And Richard Donner directed that? No, Toby Hooper directed that, but I went to, how did it, oh, I went to, um, this is going to be, I'm going to try to retrace my steps, it's not going to work here. So I was there, and then, oh, let's look up Toby Hooper, trying to find my way down the rabbit hole, and then it went to Spielberg, and then, did Spielberg have something to do with the Goonies? Yeah, Spielberg did have to do with the Goonies. Okay, then it went to Richard Donner. I'm like, wait, Richard Donner? I know. he Didn't he direct Lethal Weapon? And I was right, but he also directed The Omen. And I just thought that was fucking crazy, man. And also, then I finally got to this place where Richard Donner kind of got kicked off of Superman? Yes, I do know this story. And I I kind of remember that story, but I think I heard it a long time ago, and the significance of that didn't really... Like, Superman, that was a big deal. And right. to get to get kind of kicked off as the director right at the end? Ouch. Well, was it that he got kicked off? At, I don't think he got kicked off at the end. It was Superman 2 he got. 
kicked off of, I think. I can't. It's a re- they filmed them. So I'm going to just butcher the story. I should read the Wikipedia. Well, I'm re- I got the Wikipedia right here, and it's like, originally shot by Donner in 1977 before he was taken off the project, but that's when Superman was being shot. Superman well, 2 was shot. shot. together. Because even if you remember at the very beginning of Superman, before it comes out, they show General Zod and everyone else go in the Phantom Zone. It was like they were setting that up. Oh, shit. That's right. Like, so they had those actors and everything already. Oh, so they shot simultaneously. They shot. It's like Hobbit-esque. Yeah, they shot simultaneously. At the very least, okay. they shot like directly like right from one to the other gotcha okay okay and but then i think part way through superman 2 they were trying to make a lot of changes and like he was just fed up and they couldn't they just couldn't see eye to eye because they were trying to put in more stupid shit into the movie right and he was like why are you putting stupid stuff into my superman movie and they parted ways so like Although, isn't the first one where he flies around the Earth so fast that it reverses its rotation and turns time back? Yes. So, what stupid shit could have been in Superman <laughs> 2? Uh, laser eyes? He didn't like laser eyes at the side of the truck? Yeah, I don't know that I can really answer that. Uh, but um, Like, what's stupider than flying around the Earth so fast to slow its rotation and turn back time? Don't get Mike started. I know he's got a whole different explanation. He well, wants to defend Mike. everybody. I think it's me that had the different explanation. Although, granted, when you watch it, it doesn't hold up. So, just to think about, oh, he went so fast the Earth went backwards. Wouldn't you just think that the Earth appeared to move backwards? Because he went back in time. So, the Earth would spin backwards from his point of view. However, if you watch the movie, I believe there are certain visual cues, and I cannot remember what they are, because I remember being like, no, it must be that. Like, it dawned on me. It just must be that the Earth appears to turn backwards. But in fact, when I know when I went back to revisit the scene, it was simply, no, there's no way that could actually hold up. It, he literally makes the Earth turn backwards somehow. By making it rotate in the opposite direction. Yeah, well, it actually makes it rotate, but I guess somehow the making com- the Earth rotate backwards. <laughs> the sun rises in the backwards. west and it sets in the east, and all of a sudden. Completely cease all life on the planet. <laughs> all of a sudden, time is going backwards instead of flinging everybody <laughs> off or like crushing them with right. the G force. Or the Earth just breaking in half <laughs> due to the forces of like. Or yeah. just bursting into a fireball <laughs> from all the friction. But no, it just uh, makes time go backwards. Wait, what? So what's your idea? I don't. Superman has some special time traveling ability, and it, things just well, appear to go no, backwards. My, I'm saying that my idea your, is wrong, right? But that I'm was your idea. Tra- I'm just ca- like tracing for you my personal journey with this concept. And granted, I didn't know we were going to go here, so I wasn't really prepared to talk. About no, that's it, the so best way to some do key it. Key details of the story. But that's your thing. Your thing is like Superman has special time traveling ability, and what we're seeing is just the appearance of. Um, well, no, Superman could theoretically. So, okay, this doesn't necessarily make sense either. But I'm going to say Superman. He's traveling can faster travel than fast light. Fast enough to actually make to actually go back in time. He's like that infinitely powerful. Okay. Right. So he could like travel in a straight line, like from here to the sun, and then back really quick. So fast that time goes backwards. 
But rather than do that, he just kind of decides, okay, I'm just going to spin around the earth a bunch of times, you know, several hundred thousand times, whatever, to just, um, you know, because I just need to, like, kind of travel really fast for amount of time. So as you see him traveling in these doing like in essence laps around the earth to build up his speed to go faster than light and make time go backwards from his point of view, <laughs> as you see it from his point of view, the earth would appear to rotate in the other direction. And does the movie have a history of showing us what's going on from his point of view? Well, what I will say is if you watch the movie, and I can't imagine what this is, but I know that I've had this theory. If you go back, though, and watch the flippin' movie, there's no way that that could be what's happening. Watch the casual swearing, man. It's a family program. No way that what's happening. Your theory or everybody else's theory? My theory okay. can't be happening, although I don't understand. Because why wouldn't he just go back in time to right before Lex Luthor threw him in the pool? With the kryptonite around his neck? It has nothing to do with it. It just has to do with the way it's uh, portrayed. And I'm watching it now. <laughs> oh, great. Great. Now, so, not even... Not only do we watch Big Lebowski in large chunks silently on the podcast together, we're actually one movie farther away now. Right. Watching now you're Superman just watching Superman, no, Superman 1. Superman 1, because that's where the... Not as much stupid stuff happens, I guess. I, so I don't know what you're looking for, but my whole point was like, they did a Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut in 2006. Okay. Um, and it says Donner's footage of Marlon Brando was discovered. Some of it was used in Superman Returns from Brian Singer, finally creating the possibility of restoring Donner's cut. Says the cut was re-edited by this uh, Dow Martin Dow or something like that. I don't know how to say it, but Donner was there. He was supervising, and uh, they made this thing, and it's an alternate version of the theatrical film. So it's you know trying to follow the original script as closely as possible. Features original opening and ending, alternate takes, camera angles, deleted scenes featuring Brando whose character was replaced by Susanna York in the theatrical release? I don't know what that means. <laughs> really? Marlon Brando's character was replaced by Susanna York in the theatrical release. <laughs> As opposed to which release? I'm not focusing... Though, see, it's this time travel thing. I'm not focusing on the release. <laughs> I don't care about no. the release. <laughs> Well, there's multiple issues here, right? Yes, it's bizarre that Marlon Brando's character was replaced by... By a, a woman? By a woman. What? I mean, we know who... Oh, geez. Okay, there's too much... I, we may have to do a special Ugh. episode just to dig into this, what's going on here. I thought I had it all together, but now this, I can't fathom this. I've... Uh, anyway, there's a lot going on. For a guy who went on to direct The Goonies, which I love The Goonies. That was one of my favorite movies growing up. You're not a Goonies person. You've never seen it. No, no, no. Okay, no, let's no, not no, even. I really please like the don't. Goonies. Okay. Um, you give me panic attacks sometimes. Yes, um, um. I did know. I was a fan of The Goonies. A big fan of The Goonies when I was younger. Watched that infinite times on HBO. 
just like I watched Kid Co a bunch. I watched The Goonies a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Had The Goonies game. Played that a lot. Cloak and Dagger. Um, Richard Donner hasn't directed a movie since 2006, because I think he's 85 years old. So I think he yeah. retired when he was 76. Time wow. to... Yeah, give it a break. Hang up the old... Uh, I would say so. Shout, would shout say and cone. He has earned it. I would say. Man, 76. And he's got some, you know, some real humdingers on his resume, too. Ladyhawk. I grew up with Ladyhawk, too. Probably never seen that one. I like that. I think Rutger Hauer. Yes, Rutger Hauer is in it. Yes. Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick, yep. Yep. Michelle Pfeiffer. Decent movie. And I'm not a total asshole. IMDb gives it 7.0. 7.0 stars. Not not bad. So my, my child memory is not as faulty as I would have suspected. The, uh, yeah. Okay, we're, now we're reading off the internet. Yeah. To it's each always other. that time. It's the <laughs> signal. I'll just, I'll just say one thing it's the before signal. we, we, we abruptly hit stop, but <laughs> I don't like Superman. The original Richard Donner Superman movie. You don't like that? Maybe I liked it at some point. I just don't like it anymore for sure. Now. It's really hard to watch. Is it, it's. TV moviness, like the lighting is really harsh. It's a, it's it has a, a cheapness it's just to really it. Really flipping weird, and I did not remember how weird it was until I tried to watch it recently. Like there are whole things about it I do not remember as a kid. There's like how it starts. The movie starts with like a red curtain, like you're at a. At what? a play or something, you know, the, the curtain opens up and there's like comic book panels behind it. The hell are you talking about? And someone is like narrating the comic book panels to you. And then it kind of transitions slowly from that to the live action. Okay. I mean, I just watched this probably two or three years ago because Jules mm -hmm. was like, I don't know, just like time to watch Superman. You got to watch Superman, you know? Right. I mean, eventually you have to. It's like Goonies. You got to watch the Goonies. You got to watch The Thing. You got to watch Back to the Future. Got to watch The Godfather in another year or two. Mm -hmm. um, not that you've seen most of those movies, no. but they're good. No. You know, you'd like them. Take your maybe. word for it. Yeah. You know, you got to watch 2001. Got to watch Die Hard. Original Batman, quote unquote. Michael Keaton Batman, we'll say. So we watched Superman and Superman 2. Superman 2 is better. I I do remember some weirdness with Superman 1. Yeah. The whole shot of like Superman as a boy running alongside the train. Yeah. I mean, that's His stuff. legs were moving in such a bizarre manner. I mean, that stuff. It's a whatever. Hell of a thing to lay on somebody. Yeah. Especially with a head full of acid. I know. But uh, but it's just story wise, and like the Lois Lane stuff was awkward. Yeah, and they're flying around up in the clouds, and what's her name is singing. Can you read my mind? It's just, yeah. I mean, you gotta. I mean, I granted, I can appreciate it. I suppose for what it was, which was the first like superhero movie that kicked off. Like, you know, it it brought what we have today. In whatever this is, like thirty some years later, 
when we're, we're just inundated with these things. And we have and seven. I actually tend to enjoy them. <laughs> we have seven X-Men movies Right, now. exactly. But it, yeah, there's something with it. Well, maybe they were kind of creating this uh, big screen genre, this big screen superhero genre. They never. Yeah, they were. Right. So I got to give them lots of credit for that. There was just a lot in this movie that was bizarre to me. Well, think about Star Wars. Star Wars isn't really, when it's all said and done, that great of a movie. You know, there's weird shit in that, too. I don't know if I agree with that. It's kind of some stupid shit in there. Oh, Chewbacca goes rawr to the little toaster robot, which turns around and goes beep, 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 beep. It's like, uh, you know. That's a different category, though. I well, you haven't nailed giving me anything specific except the legs moving, but that's just a bad well, special the, effect. The big thing for me, I think, would be. And granted, I only watched the first thirty minutes, and I had to just turn it off because it was giving me flashbacks. But <laughs> like the um, the weird velvet curtain opening. All right, so bad, bad opening. Whatever. I don't know if it was bad. It was just weird. It was like really weird. They're very. There were choices I did not understand. Okay. I'll just leave it at that. All right. I mean, it's based on a comic book. They were trying, you know, Marvel yeah. does that crap where it's like, ooh, look, it's the comic book. Pages flipping. Here's a little right, panel with a. Right. But that's the best they could do. They were still inventing it. Mm-hmm. In Superman 4, Superman <laughs> does put a wall back together by staring at it. He's using the force. Which is worse, Superman 4 or Superman 3? Obviously Superman 4, right? But I just want you to give Superman 3 a little credit for possibly being even worse. Yeah, I'm not really sure which is worse. I mean, they're, I'm going to say Superman 4 is worse. It's worse. For it's various worse. reasons. And with Superman 3, Superman 3 at least was like... They, Self-aware? Yeah, like Superman 3, they decided, let's make a goofy Superman movie and put Richard Pryor in it, and it's like the comedy Superman. Although there's a lot of disturbing shit in that. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, disturbing to our young I eyes mean, at that time. I still have nightmares about that woman getting all wired up. Ugh, oh, yeah. Awful. So do I. That was a that was a horrible, horrible scene. Although I've watched it recently, and not like so it's, bad. It's like, why was that even disturbing? It just looks stupid. Gotcha. Now. What about the uh, the little critters going in the helmets in Star Trek Two? Mm-hmm. Yes, that, that was that gave you some nightmares, right? That was nightmare fuel too. Also, although again, and when you watch it now, is it, it is so ridiculously fake. Is it like it's hard to imagine how it looked real to us at any point? Because I remember it like those things crawled right into their ears and like, oh, right. my God. And it was but it but it's just so obviously like a foam ear. <laughs> like foam it, ear. It, there's no way that is a human ear. It is just like a mannequin on its side with a whole hole drilled into the ear. And this thing like goes into it. What? I mean, how how could like foam and latex technology or like sculpting technology come that far to where you couldn't make a realistic looking head. I think that you could. Maybe they just it's didn't all care time to. And budget, I guess. They just didn't want to. It's kind of like it's all psychology. Because maybe back then, like 
It was totally real. The same way, you know, famously, they always say how the people ducked when they saw the train coming toward them. Okay, but I'll counter with something like um, 2001, 1968. Now, good point. I can watch that today, and it's like, Jesus, that looks awesome. Well, they also, I think they could partly know what to show and what not to show in that movie. What I will say is those, like, ape things in the beginning are so good. Yeah. And I remember watching that movie and I wasn't a little kid. Like I was older. I was probably in high school, maybe junior high, watching it and almost being confused. How did they get these apes to do these things? Yeah, I was like, how did they Yeah, exactly. I was like, they actually filmed these apes doing this? Like, how did they make this? It must have taken years to teach them. Right, like what what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Because it was that good. It was that good. What year did uh, Planet of the Apes with Heston come out? I think that was late 60s, 68, I'm going to guess. Same year, Brad. Same year, you got apes Mm -hmm. in Planet of the Apes that were stupid looking even when I was like six the first time I watched it. Right. And you got apes from the same year that even today are like, wow. I mean, if you really critically analyze it it's like okay i can see where they're not totally ape-like but it's still pretty damn good yeah no it's really good and then you have a whole ape-based film that can't get apes even marginally acceptable i guess maybe because there were so many and it was the whole movie i don't know right and they were more like like those the apes in 2001 supposed to be they were like primitive men they weren't really apes they were closer to apes than men but like it is called Planet of the Apes, so... Yeah, Planet of the Apes, the apes are more anthropomorphized Yeah, to such an extent that it just doesn't work, and they have to talk, so their lips have to move. I think that's where it really falls apart. Right. This is so... One of the first pictures is Heston just making out with this ape lady. <laughs> it's kind of a disturbing... Now, if we're going to talk about sequels, holy shit. 2010? Return to the Planet of the Apes? No, I just mean all the sequels even from back then. I'm not even talking about the modern recreations of them. Talking about ape movies? I'm just talking about there's Planet of the Apes, Planet of the Apes 2, Planet of the Apes 3, then there was like the ape... Then there was, like, Planet of the Apes, the series, which were often aired as cable as Planet of the Apes movies. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Stop the Planet of the Apes, I want to get off. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. I want to get off (laughs) the poop deck. Next time on Gutterball. A refill? Here's a poke shit in the woods. 